Hi, welcome back to HodgePodge. This is your host, Allison Klackowitz. Today's guest is Darshan McAway, best-selling author of the Anaya's Adventures book series based on his daughter, Anaya. He's also the host and creator of WOW Podcast, which features authors, writers, illustrators from across the world. Darshan is full of awesome information for aspiring writers and authors and marketing tips. You want to stay tuned to learn more about this awesome guy here on HodgePodge Podcast. Welcome to HodgePodge, Darshan. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so thrilled to have you on um, I was a guest on your podcast last year and was able to talk about my book, Mommy's Big Red Monster Truck. So I'm thrilled to return the favor and have you as a guest today to talk about your awesome book series and your podcast, Well Podcast. Yes. How are you today? I'm doing well and congratulations to you for having a podcast and getting the word out there about books. Yes, it's so lovely. I I just I'm thrilled to be able to do this and um I learn so much from my guests and just love to to share with um with the world <laughs> really um about uh, what's going on in particular in children's literature also. So let's talk a little bit about um, about the Anaya book series and where did the inspiration come for your books? Okay, so the Anaya's Adventure series started back in 2015, actually on August 8th of 2015 when my daughter was actually born. Um, the, the moment she came out, I realized, okay, now I know what it means to give my life up to save somebody else's, but also... <laughs> I found the inspiration to say, you know what, there were some things that happened in my life that I wasn't privy to with my mother and father. Let me make the best for my daughter. So in that same night, she was born around like 6 p.m. that evening. Uh, I wrote a 10 book children's series and I just put it in my phone and I, I said, you know, I, I kind of know what illustrations I'm going to put to it, but I just want to get the stories down. So this this uh, adventure series started about five years ago and my daughter was the sole inspiration. That that's so beautiful and something that we have in common as my son was the inspiration for for my book. Of course, I just have one. How many books do you have? <laughs> uh, I have a five book children's series. We developed 10, but we were going to come out with the five just to see how it was going to do in the market. And uh, so far, so good. Right. It looks that way. Um, it seems that you've done an amazing job marketing your books so what advice do you have for other authors out there um, who are struggling with this never ending, you know, marketing? Because you can write a book and you can publish a book, but to sell a book is a whole other thing. Right. That's what a lot of people have a tendency to struggle with. What I decided to do was a thing called uh, I think I'm going to coin the phrase uh, genuine marketing. And with genuine marketing, what you're doing is you're being transparent with people by letting them know, hey, this is a story about my child. This is a story for uh, kids to enjoy, to entertain them. Uh, would you be interested in doing that? And while doing that, a lot of times we have to realize that some people 
work at business establishments such as dentist practices, children's clinics, and sometimes you're running into people who have business cards. So what you want to do when it comes down to marketing, you want to say to yourself, okay, where does my book fit into a place of business? So it's okay to sell to moms and dads. However, more companies will purchase in larger amounts from you than uh, a typical, you know, parent household. So Mm -hmm. when it comes down to to that genuine marketing that I referred to earlier is you got to go to these children practices or I wouldn't necessarily say schools, but more so business establishments because they have the money to fork over to buy your books and to keep you in business. Uh, most times when you have just a mother and a father, you're, you're going to sell that one book to them that one time, then you got to come out with another one. So what I knew mm-hmm. from my marketing tactic was when we came out with the first book, I realized this would be better if I sold to a children's hospital because mm-hmm. a children's hospital, they're going to give it away for free. Kids are going to rip the book up, color through it, but I'm going to be a recurring uh, client of theirs. So when it comes down to marketing any sort of book, I would say you have to focus on where does your book fit in someone's business market. Mm-hmm. So you have sold books to children's hospitals. You've also uh, are featured in Walmart. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, Walmart was the the I guess my claim to fame because <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't know how to get inside of Walmart. I knew there was a way to. I just didn't know how to mm-hmm. and. I actually ran into not like like as a car accident, but walked into the vice president of Walmart when I was heading up to the headquarters. I didn't know who he was. He was a, he looked like a regular guy in a suit and tie. And I was asking him, I said, hey, excuse me, sir. Can you tell me how do I get my children's books inside of Walmart? And he said, well, tell me a little bit more about your company. And, and you know, and why do you want to have your books in here? So I gave him my elevator pitch and it was simply uh, here we go again at genuine marketing. I said, I'm actually trying to create a life for my daughter uh, just in case my expiration date comes up too soon. I said, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but it would be nice to submit something for my daughter for years to come. And he said, you know what? I love that story. Um, Let me get your business card and I'm going to connect you with the book buyer. And I got in contact with the book buyer like a week later and we made this big deal to have this five book series placed in Walmart. Wow. As in your podcast. Wow. Um, yes. So have you found, because honestly, that's something that I've struggled with is getting into larger retailers and not really knowing how to approach or, or who to approach at times. Um, sometimes you can kind of go down a rabbit hole looking for the right contact and, and the way to approach the retailer. So you have found physically going and making them see you, hear you is, is a best approach. Yeah. Okay. So that is the approach. And the reason I did that, I came from Florida to Northwest Arkansas where uh, Walmart's headquarters is in Bentonville. Mm -hmm. But my, my general approach was the Jack and the Beanstalk approach. Uh, If you remember the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack had got some magic beans and the beanstalk grew and he went up to the giant's house. So Mm -hmm. I had to move to where the giants were in order to be noticed by the giant. Now, Mm -hmm. I didn't take anything from the giant. I added value to the giant. So if you're going to think about getting your children's books inside of these giant retail stores, well, you got to make sure you remember in your pitch, you're going to add value. A lot Mm -hmm. of us think that whatever type of book we have, everybody wants to read it. And that's not the truth. 
It's only a certain group of people who want to read it. Um, with Walmart, though, they actually look at the person and see where you're coming from, from a, a genuine standpoint. And then they'll ask you about your numbers and they'll vet you and say, well, you know, this is our probation period. This is what we're going to allow you to do. Um, but if you don't make these these units sell by a certain time, you got to give this money back and we're going to give you back these books. So mm -hmm. I tell people, I know you want to be in big retail stores, but start mm -hmm. off small, work your mm -hmm. name up and eventually you'll get into the big box retail stores. But if you don't get in there, it's OK. And the reason I say it's OK is because it is what I didn't know at first uh, trying to approach Walmart or even targets. Uh, they they'll sell your book for whatever price they want. And you're going to get that one royalty forever. It's mm -hmm. so what the, the book buyer told me, she said, hey, we can sell your books for fifty dollars, but you're still going to get this flat fee of this royalty. So right. it's better to sell the books on your own on your own website to receive more of your profits than to mm -hmm. be on somebody else's platform. Right. Now, I'm going to agree with you there because I have found that just my direct sales where I am, you know, at a market or just anywhere, you know, or someone that a retailer or someone that is hosting me, you know, then people can see me and they're paying me directly. And so <laughs> profit wise, it definitely yeah. is better because we're not going to get rich off of royalty payments. <laughs> right. Right. They're, right. And, very, and, very so, and, and speaking of, and speaking about getting rich off of royalty payments and let's kind of go back to marketing a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing, another, uh, what you want to do is you, you want to try to figure out how to license your image. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you have a commercial appealing children's book or a commercial appealing product, you want to find out what company uh, does your book fit well with and then make that licensing approach. Uh, we had uh, there was a actually a children's uh, face mask company that had approached me and say, hey, we saw one of your Facebook videos. We love your transparency. We would love to license your image and put it on one of our face masks. Mm. So, you know, everything that I'm doing, if you go to uh, babyauthors.com, what you'll mm -hmm. start to realize is we put our images on shoes. We put our images on uh, baby backpacks and socks. So you want to keep that brand awareness out there. But you want to make it fun for children. You want to have these kids. They need to have some fun, especially during these terrible, terrible pandemic times. So you just want to make everything fun for the kids and be genuine about it. Yes. And I love it. I, I was looking at all of the children's clothing and products that you have online. And um, you have some really cool like Chuck Taylor Converse style sneakers for kids with the awesome illustration book cover illustrations on them and then on book bags and all types of things and um how did you go about uh doing doing that who do you utilize in manufacturing your merchandise so we we did a thing called basically private label and everybody, a lot of the products that you see are, are typically private label things. So, for example, private label means, let's say you have a Hanes T-shirt and you want to put your logo on that Hanes T-shirt. Mm -hmm. Well, Hanes will allow you to purchase search for them at a wholesale price. So mm -hmm. they're still making money, but you can promote your own brand. Mm -hmm. And then once your brand gets enough awareness and you're putting the money aside, then you develop your own actual manufacturing plant to you know, produce your own T-shirts. Mm -hmm. So I found a company that basically lets you license out Chuck Taylors and you can put your image on the Chuck Taylors. You can put your image on socks. 
you just put your image on anything. It's just like if you want to just put your business name on a pen, you know, there are companies that make pens for you to just promote your business. Mm -hmm. So we took that approach. We approached a private label manufacturer and we said that, wow, these images are, they look exactly like the book. I mean, they're so crisp, so pristine. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, this is going to be great. Now we can step into the retail space. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, when I pitched the idea on Facebook and on social media, I say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm thinking about coming out with this shoe. Actually, one of the Walmart buyers, uh, I didn't realize that they were following me on Facebook. They contacted me immediately and say, hey, do you want to supply that to the store? And I said, I, I don't know, you know, because mm-hmm. you guys have a return policy that I don't know if I can handle. <laughs> so that's how we had got started. Wow, that is so cool. And they are. They're very quality products. And um, and any kid would love to have them, especially especially little girls, because Anaya seems to be such an inspiration. Can you talk a little bit about um, just the themes of the books? Yes. So the very first book was uh, it's a theme of chasing the rainbow. Uh, one thing I realized growing up was no one knows where the rainbow starts, where it ends, but it will be interesting to know what's at the end of it if you can actually pursue it. So the first book is called Anaya's Trip to the Rainbow, and it's basically her pursuit to the rainbow. And without telling too much of the story in the end, what she finds out at the end of the story is it's always best to come back home. You can always go out here and pursue the world, but you have so much love waiting for you at home. So that was the first theme for the first book. Um, the second book is Anaya's Trip to Space. Um, I had this thing about space. I was always curious about what what happens in space. It looks so dark. It looks so gloomy. And with that approach, with that book, uh, I decided to make it a, a kid sing along. And I was telling my daughter, and this is so funny because I was crying at the moment when I was writing it, mm. because I was I was realizing that as she's getting older, one day she's going to leave me and she's <laughs> not going to want to be around mom and dad so much. And it's just because she has to grow up. So with this uh, Anaya's trip to space, it was more so about uh, I tried to make it seem like she's going to be lonely in space and just come on back home because mommy and daddy miss you. You know, you don't have to go <laughs> try to figure out what's in the world. So that book there actually um, sold a lot of copies um, because of the the story behind it. Um, the third book, Anaya's Road Trip, uh, this book talks about more independence um, as I'm, you know, being a. I'm only a parent of five years, right? She's mm-hmm. only five. She just turned five years old, August 8th. And what I realized about my daughter was she was displaying a lot of independence. She wanted to do things on her own. I said, you know what? That's good. So my stories come from her independence and me seeing her wanting to have fun. So Anaya's road trip is about her taking a trip on the countryside because we live up here in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And again, she realizes that you know, it's not so cool being out here by myself. My mom and dad were actually more fun than me just trying to figure out how to be independent on my own. However, my parents are letting me learn. So she, there, there are these two, uh, these uh, barn animals, a horse and a cow that basically tell her, hey, you know, the world is yours, but, you know, don't be so quick to grow up. Right, right. And, and, and then we have two more books, uh, Anaya's uh, Haunted Halloween and Anaya's Trip to Atlantis. Those two books basically are just, you know, the Halloween one is about, you know, being spooky during Halloween season. And the uh, Anaya's trip to Atlantis is just her uh, discovering what happens under the seas. 
Well, they all sound and look fabulous. The illustrations are awesome. Who does your illustrations? Okay, so here's the amazing part about what I do. I grew up uh, people telling me, hey, do it yourself, do it yourself. So my wife and I, we did the illustrations for the first book. And then we hired a basically like a a freelance uh, graphic artist or a cartoonist, if you will, to work for us to to basically use the template of what we started to do the other book. So we do the illustrations, but we have someone fine tune uh, the color. Right. More of a, like a ghost illustrator. Right. Yes. That's awesome. No, they're beautiful. They're, they're very engaging and the topics are, are as well. And definitely a theme that shows how important family and having deep roots and, and, um, and building that, love and structure of family is a a very connected theme for your books. So I think right now, if ever, we can all (laughs) really relate to that because we, we are are spending so much time at home together and, um, and the importance of creating quality relationships at home is, is awesome. So yeah, these books are just awesome. So now let's change gears a little bit and talk about Wow Podcast, um, how you created that. Um, and you have some really awesome guests. Of course, I was on there, but <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. I listened recently. You had a couple of um, interviews um, that I really enjoyed with Kat Rambo. Gotta love that name and um, Hank Felipe Ryan and but you you have such awesome guests so um, how do you acquire these wonderful guests and how did you get started podcasting? So so with me podcasting started for me roughly back in two thousand and seven. Um, it wasn't called podcasting at the time. It was really just called like talk radio. And what I was doing was you know just connecting to a laptop and just speaking through the microphone and and I would just uh you know convert the mp3 player so it started off as the Darshan show and Mm -hmm. as the years went on I I started realizing that I don't necessarily want to talk about the gossip in today's entertainment news I really wanted to find out and have a platform of talking to people about their books and how they're going about marketing it so uh, I guess it was maybe about two years ago going on three I decided to do a name change and I was like, wow, I want to hear somebody's wow moment of, you know, why they decided to write this particular book or how, how that book fell into their lap. So I was playing around with the name and I was like, okay, writers on worldwide. And I said, I'm going to make it my goal to speak to every writer across the globe as much as I can while I can. And I, uh, I sent out this email blast because I have my own personal newsletter platform. I don't depend on, you know, Facebook, YouTube and everything like that. And I say, hey, guys, I'm doing a name change. This is what the podcast is going to be about. I want you guys to read the best content possible. And I put out like this blast out on Facebook. Facebook took off and a lot of people subscribed. And then um, when you mentioned uh, the, some of the authors that I had onto the show, what a lot of people don't understand is sometimes you have to hire people to help you. So I hired a publicist to bring me the big names Mm -hmm. and those big names, surprisingly enough, they have to listen to my podcast before they come on so they can get a gist of what's happening. And I was surprised to get in contact with people like Matthew knows, you know, he's going to be on a podcast in the next couple of weeks. Well, I already have the interview, but I'm going to air it. Uh, Hank Philippe Ryan, uh, MJ Preston, like these USA Today bestsellers. Um, 
And the part of the reason they came on was because of the story. Again, that genuine marketing, that transparency of me saying, hey, I want to hear from you guys. So when I have this interview with them, I say, listen, I really don't know anything about you, but I'm talking to you from a standpoint of I really want to know who you are because you stay somewhere else. And I probably would never read your books, but that doesn't mean that the people who are listening to me won't read your books, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's how it got started. Well, do you have... Is, has there been a favorite interview or moment on Wow pa- Podcast? Uh, so I, I think I've had several uh, favorites. I, everybody that has come on, to be honest with you, have really impressed me. Um, but I think Hank Felipe Ryan mm-hmm. was the one that surprised me the most because I was wondering why she just didn't stick with her name. Mm-hmm. Um, after the interview was over with, this was off the record, you know, I was just really curious to why she really wanted to, you know, be named Hank when, you know, her name is Harriet. Mm. And mm-hmm. if she maybe would have just kept Harriet, you know, Felipe Ryan, it still would have worked, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But the reason for her name change made sense for her at that time. So that was one that was pretty interesting to me. And also, uh, Matthew Knows interview was pretty interesting because I had just spoke him into existence and I didn't know that the publicist had a relationship with him. Hmm. And I was like, say what? And she was like, yeah, I know him. He's a personal friend. I say, well, all right, let's have him on. And the moment she told him about me, he, he got on immediately. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, connecting with others, whether it be a publicist or, um, you know, just putting yourself out there and, you know, that's what I've found too. And making connections with other podcasters or other um, agencies or people, other authors, even by word of mouth, you know, it, it seems to trickle down and, um, and we're all very supportive of each other in the writing yes. community is what I've found. Don't you believe that? Oh, yes, I do. For sure. Uh, and that's one reason why I like to share and, and have uh, other people come on to the podcast and me do the same thing, because we're all in this together. And I, I need a lot of people to really understand that, you know, we're all we're on a planet where there's billions of people and we're all trying to coexist. And all you have to really do is just respect somebody else's point of view and just leave it at that. So, you know, the writing community is a very strong community and we all been supporting each other for a long time. Yes, there's not I don't run into the super competitiveness or any spirit like that. I, I you know, it's been very rare that I, I see that. But for the most part, I would say we we're very, very supportive. So what new ventures do you have on the horizon? I even let me let me change this. I saw that you have a cologne. Uh, yes. So <laughs> Uh, so, so for a lot of people who, you know, you, you're going to hear my voice and you haven't seen me, I, I've been very fortunate to, you know, model for JCPenney's and Dillard's and, you know, Macy's and things of that nature. And, and of course, Walmart, I've done some modeling for Walmart. Um, but one thing that I wanted to do for myself personally was I always wanted to have my own scent. Um, I'm, I'm a man who, who loves to dress nice and love to smell good. So I say, you know what? I feel like I have a certain type of balance in my life. I figured out certain things from my own personal relationships and my own personal uh, standpoint. So I say, well, I'm going to see if I can come out with a cologne. And I thought you had to be like some billionaire celebrity to come out with your own cologne. 
And again, let's let's go back to that reaching out to a, a manufacturer. I reached out to one of the manufacturers that were doing something for Rihanna. And I come to find out that most of these perfumes or perfumes and colognes, uh, they all deal with the same distributor and manufacturer pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, I have these ingredients. Can you guys make it for me? And they said, sure. So I sent them the ingredients. They told me how much it was for a bottle to be, you know, placed wholesale. And when it came back to me, I said, you know, I think I got something. And from there, I started, you know, promoting it some more. I don't think I said too much about it on my podcast. I was just doing some stuff on social media. But Mm -hmm. the cologne is called Balanced Cologne. And it really, it really smells good. It's not necessarily a unisex cologne, but it can be used as a unisex because most of my customers are the the women audience. They're Mm -hmm. purchasing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like those scents. I like, I don't, I like a very, um, I don't know, a mix, but like you said, we're something that appeals to both female and male scent. There's something very earthy and, and good about that. So, well, that's exciting. So you were a model. Yes. Yes, I was. So I was a commercial print model and I did some underwear modeling um, back in the day, roughly about 10 years ago. Um, I tried to get back into it maybe like a, a year or two ago. But I kind of realized, I say, no, I think I'm just going to, you know, play this one to the side and just help my daughter get her finances up and just focus on her. Right. And I love that you place the focus back on Anaya because really as parents, (laughs) that's our main focus and goal, right? (laughs) Creating stability for our children. So she should be very proud. And your wife is is, uh, part of this also. Oh, yeah. She plays a big part in everything. I'm just the mouthpiece. But. My wife is the one who really kind of comes up with the marketing tactics, uh, what the images on the front cover should look like, um, what's my approach online. She really keeps me in check because, you know, there's a lot of things that she wants me to say to speak up on her behalf because she's not really, you know, she's not microphone savvy. What I mean by that is she doesn't like to be on a microphone. She doesn't really like to be on camera. She just likes to, you know, live the life and, and raise Anaya, actually. Mm-hmm. So, but she plays a, a intricate part in everything that I'm doing. Well, that's really amazing that the two of you are able to partner together and to create this. So you're, you're great parents for, for doing that for Anaya. And the most wonderful thing is that when she grows up, she will have this whole book series all about her that she can share with her children. <laughs> Yep, that was the plan. That was the plan for sure. And uh, I'm not for sure if I had mentioned it, but the uh, the the website to the cologne, it's mm-hmm. uh, balancecologne.club or balancecologne.com. I own both of them. Okay, okay. Um, so anything else new coming out? Well, I, I don't know if you remember when I had uh, sent you an email about, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this Kickstarter, you know, crowdfunding for this animation yes. and I want for you guys to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to I'm going to possibly do it again. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a better approach. Uh, my approach this time is to really have everybody more involved on sharing it and telling their story. Mm-hmm. And part of the that that campaign would be I wanted authors to have their characters be featured in the film as one of the toys that Anaya that she plays with Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and they're trying to help her get to these destinations such as the trip to the rainbow going to space and things of that nature so 
that's the only new thing that I'm thinking about kicking into to play again, but I'm not a hundred percent for sure. Yes. And Hey, mommy's big red monster truck could certainly get her there. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes, indeed. I love yes, that indeed. idea. That's so cool. I'm definitely still interested. Would love to see all of these characters put together in an animated film. That That's such a genius idea. And, and you have so many, so I feel so inspired and, um, and can't wait to, to, to put to use some of the knowledge that you've you've given me. So if uh, for our listeners out there, if you are interested in learning more about Darshan, I will have all of his social media links and websites and information embedded in the accompanying blog post that will come with this feature. And um, you'll be able to purchase all of Anaya's book series there. So, and get some cute shoes and a book bag to go with it. But um, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for being a guest. This was an awesome conversation. And again, I've, I've, learned a lot and, and feel very inspired. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Allison. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for next time on HodgePodge. <laughs>